This episode is brought to you by Goodwill Choice. The Goodwill Choice app is a fun, interactive way to fundraise for your favourite causes. You can crowdfund, support existing campaigns, or make monetary contributions using money gifted to you. So download the app and get rewarded for making a difference. Goodwill Choice. Choose. Earn. Donate. Welcome back to It's All Her, the podcast. I'm your host, Jordi Lucas. I'm the founder and editor of It's All Her. I was an actress in a previous life and I'm a mum to a toddler. I've got a lot going on and I have a passion for helping women live simpler, better lives. For the latest in lifestyle and entertainment news, head to itsallher.com. Hello and welcome back after a little hiatus. We're back. I am married. We had the most amazing little breakdown in Phillip Island for a week. And then last weekend we tied the knot. It was the most perfect day. I've popped some photos up on my Instagram if you want to go have a little sneaky peek. But we're very much back to reality now, back at work. And I was really excited to get in front of the mic and chat with you all. I hope that you have been taking care of yourself wherever you are. With the floods in New South Wales and Queensland and everything going on in Ukraine, the world has felt like a very heavy place. So please look after your mind and take a break from socials if you need to. I definitely enjoyed switching off last week and felt the benefits of that. So let's get to this week's guest. Rebecca Little is a Victorian-based mum to three, a content creator and a business owner. She's also a spokesperson for Share the Dignity, who make a huge difference to period poverty in this country. Um, It's All Her is aiming to raise $500 this month for Share the Dignity through this week's sponsor, the Goodwill Choice app. So if you can, please download the app and donate to them. They do such incredible work for the women of Australia. So let's get to my chat with Rebecca Little on her life, work, and the very personal reason she supports Share the Dignity. Rebecca Little, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. You are an influencer and content creator from Warrigal in Victoria. Can you tell us a bit about the start of your career as a content creator? Um, Well... I think I kind of just fell into it. I think most um, most influencers and content creators will tell you that uh, we. I, I had children, and mm-hmm. I was taking photos of them, and brands liked what they were wearing. They would send us product. We would take more photos. Um, And then it just kind of evolved. We went traveling, more people jumped on board because they wanted to see us traveling throughout the world. And Mm -hmm. we we did a long stint in America where we traveled in an RV with Charlotte and she was just under two. So I don't know if I could do it again because (laughs) it was hectic. but we we documented it and people were so intrigued by that at the time and that was like what five five and a half years ago now and not a lot of that was being done from I guess the perspective of an Australian going overseas traveling with their child going rogue by taking an RV out um, and traveling all over America so we did that and it was fun and 
yeah, people loved it. And then, of course, I'm sure when you fell pregnant with twins, people were extra oh, intrigued. It was, yeah. And I think, like, the average person is intrigued. Like, I mm. found that just by going down the street with the girls. Um, I'll be walking the pram. And I've, I learned really early to put, like, um, my headphones in and sunglasses on and just keep walking because there would be a million questions like yeah. are they twins how old are they what are their names are they boy or girls like it was they were really silly questions mm. but I get people like are interested in twins it was just that I think I was just going through that whole newborn um phase mm. of I guess learning the ropes again with twins it's like I thought I'd mastered it yeah you know, a mom of a singleton. And then it was like, bam, here's twins. You, you haven't mastered it. So, yeah. um, yeah, just all the types of questions that I was getting all the time. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing yet. So, um, or I didn't even know, like, I didn't know about the twin life. It's, it's yeah. a whole different world. I can't, yeah, I can't even imagine. And I'm sure people would make, make jokes like, oh, I bet you've got your hands full and all that sort of stuff. And you're like, yeah. Oh, I, still, I still get it. I, I feel like a circus almost sometimes because we do like to dress up and we'll walk <laughs> down the street and people are watching. They're like, oh, you'll look busy there. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> and, I, and I know people are just polite and starting a conversation. But after a while, it does get exhausting because, yeah, it's just – you're like, is am I a circus attraction or is, <laughs> is this normal? Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things. But we have navigated it, and I've said to my husband only recently, twins are three now, and I feel like we've finally come up for air. It has been full on. So, um, yeah, I guess back to the whole content creation and influencing, it was like you didn't really get a break because people mm. were intrigued about their lives and twin life and sending product because I guess it's a very influential time, like having a child and showing all yeah. the products you're using and what works, what doesn't. Um, yeah. So that just took it to a whole nother level. For yeah. sure. <laughs> and you share a lot of your sort of personal life and some of the struggles you've been through have you always done that or was there a point where you thought I actually do want to open up and share more of myself? Uh, I feel like I've always been a pretty open book. I've always been the girlfriend that someone comes to who needs advice because I probably had some aspect in my life related to it at some point in time. Yeah, but, um, yeah I think like it, it's it's definitely allowed me to have more of a voice um, mm-hmm. about things that matter to me. Um, I think the whole mental health issue, I was always really scared to talk about it because um, not only did I think, oh, maybe I'm alone in this, mm. but am I just another one adding to the noise? And I didn't yeah. want to keep adding to that noise of mental health and I knew I had the issue there, but I just didn't want to be, I guess, seeking out that attention. Like I didn't want mm. to be known as an 
as an attention seeker, but I think I've just gotten to a point where, you know, I'm 34 years old now. I know what's right and what's wrong within my own headspace. Mm. It's okay to talk about it. Yeah. And I had that as well, like when I started talking about postpartum anxiety, but then I thought if I could, like, it sounds so cliche, but if you could just, even if some people look at it and roll their eyes, but if someone looks at it and thinks, actually, maybe I should go and get help, then to me, that makes it worth it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And the amount of messages that I got saying, you know what, I've made my appointment to go see the GP. Yeah. And I think like after Charlotte, I was relatively fine after the twins, like, um, it's quite common for for women to fall into that postnatal depression because you're gone through the whole double hormone thing and then you're releasing those double hormones. Like the double crash down, yeah. It was like I, two days after the twins were born, um, I had organised photos to be done in the hospital and I was like, okay, we're going to do these photos. I want these memories and... Flossie ended up in special care and I was like this is not ideal like mm. I've got cords attached to her and um the photographer's like you sure you want to do this and I was like yeah hey, okay let's do it and one of the midwives just looked up and said I can't believe she's doing photos right now and I just lost it and I like I and I was like I'm such a bad mum why am I doing this and it just put me into like I guess, accelerated um, baby blues. So yeah. I, I stayed in my room in the corner. I didn't want to make eye contact with another midwife after that. And I just, yeah, I felt so like that I, I didn't know what I was doing again. Yeah. That's awful. No, but I think we all have a moment where we're either triggered yeah. um, into believing we're not doing the right thing at that mm. time. So, and that's the... The crazy world of our brain and how it works. Yeah. And you could have got a million compliments that day, but that one negative comment is like. I know I did. And it was just the one comment that just set me off. Mm. Yeah. That's awful. So why did you decide to open up about your experience with domestic violence with your audience? Well, so I got involved with Share the Dignity Mm -hmm. and I think with it, I needed people to understand where I was coming from. Um, Share the Dignity is a huge passion for me yeah. and I want to give back as much as I can. Um, so opening up about my story and what I guess I went through as a child um, was something I think that people needed to hear. I often... Yeah got termed and phrased oh you have the perfect life like everything's going well for you you've got perfect kids perfect yeah. and I'm like yeah but there is a backstory there's always a backstory everyone has a backstory and that's why I love hearing everybody's stories um and yeah I didn't have the most ideal childhood I was three years old um on I think it was Sunday night my grandma had come over to my like knocked on my mum's door and she had her arm in a sling and that was by the doing of my grandpa and my mum just had like the biggest wake-up call and she's like I can't keep doing this and if I keep doing this I'll end up like her yeah and so your mum was currently being so mum was I guess 
yeah, she was just in a really bad relationship with my mm. dad. Um, and it just escalated. It wasn't something that's, I often talk to her about this. I say, yeah. how did it start? Like, because it was fine in the beginning and it just, it grows and grows and grows. And then you, you feel as though you, there's no way out. And I guess, yeah, I get, I've got that understanding now that like, it's not just as simple as leaving. Um, and yeah, well, on that Monday morning, the next day, she packed up the car when my dad was at work and, and left. And, and I guess that's, brings me to the next thing was share the dignity of why I'm so passionate about it. Um, they're, you know, straight in there helping women who are fleeing those situations. And it, it might not just be domestic violence. It might be homelessness or they're just having a really tough time and, you know, they're straight in there helping those women. And mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it's so close to me because it's been my reality. Yeah. Were you aware as a three-year-old? Yeah, yeah. well, we found a video um, and it wasn't until I think I was in my 20s that I might have seen this video and I was in the backyard and we were like all playing outside and mum's like, quick, 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 dad's going to be home soon. And I guess back then you didn't have mobile phones or you didn't know when people were going to be home and um and I was on the camera and I was singing Batman song. I was like, no, 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 Batman. And it just kind of went from so happy and joyous and being like an average three-year-old to like clean up the backyard, like make sure there's no fun, nothing to trigger him. And that's what it was kind of like for my mum for all those years. She was just being triggered. Oh, well, she didn't want to set anything in place that would trigger him, mm-hmm. I should say. So, yeah. And so what was your life like when you did leave? Um, so, mum, we were away from my dad for a very long time. It would have been about five or so years that we didn't have contact with him. Um, and it wasn't out of mum's choice that was his he didn't make any effort so um the only reason we ended up getting back in contact was because we were asking about him and and that was just one of those things mum would never stop us from speaking to our father regardless of who he was so Mm -hmm. I respect her for that as well which would have been a big call to make now that I'm a mum I would be like oh I just can't let my babies go into that environment but um she provided a really safe happy environment for us and I guess no matter how happy and safe it is you still are dealing with that trauma and it's still something that I'm going to deal with as I get old like as I as I'm older now and continue to get older I'll still be trying to heal from that trauma You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your, in your little, you mean? Yeah, yeah. We all, we all artists over here, man. I'm trying, already? Yeah, I'm yeah. trying, I'm trying, oh, trying, yeah. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. yeah. Damn, me, me, we all artists, man. We go, you feel me? We going to have this, like. 
Me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit. Right now. This I got lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I don't, lie. Play, with don't play with it. No. Take that shit seriously. How did it affect your relationships with men? Um, you know, having boyfriends or yeah, getting see, together with D on your husband did yeah, it affect? Um, well. It definitely did. I was always very weary of men and I I still am to this day. And it's been something that I've had to work on because Mm. I know not all men are like my father. Um, I did, my mum ended up in another relationship and my stepdad was the absolute bomb. Mm. Um, He was such an incredible guiding figure for me. And so like, black and white black and white and and there was no there was no bullshit it was just yeah how it is and I think I needed that kind of person in my life yeah um and yeah I'm very thankful for him but yeah as I went on and moved into I guess the the adult life and reality I got into relationships with guys and my first boyfriend was like, I guess, the perfect boyfriend written down on paper. Um, and then the second boyfriend, it was actually a mirror image of what my father's behaviour was like. Um, so, yeah, it's just it took me a long time to relieve, uh, leave that relationship. But um, as soon as I did, I knew that there was better out there and I just didn't want to end up in the same situation that my mum did. And yeah. same thing, it started off fine and it just kept gradually getting worse. Um, and now I have met the man of my dreams. <laughs> and I think that's a thing. Like I know that, you know, I wasn't prepared to settle for anything um, less than what I deserved. And yeah. Dion is the most incredible husband and father and, uh yeah, I couldn't fault him on any yeah. level. <laughs> That's amazing. It is interesting, though, that you say that it does take time to leave a relationship and it's not easy. This is something that I've seen so much about on social media at the moment with Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. And yeah. if a woman like Kim Kardashian with all the money and all the power in the world can't safely leave a relationship, what hope is there it's it's wild like I think it's not just leaving it's dealing with everybody else's um opinions and judgment Mm. as well and maybe feeling the shame and embarrassment from people that you might know I know friends that are leaving marriages after Mm. 10 15 years and they're my age like it's happening out there it is so so common like I would Mm. I would love to say that it's a rare thing, but it's not. What goes on behind closed doors, no one truly knows. Um, And in saying like about public figures, I was watching um, a show this morning. I don't know if you've seen it. It only got released um, maybe yesterday, Raising Phoenix on Binge, and it's about Evan, don't know her name, Evan Rachel. She was with Rachel Evan. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, Wow. Mind blown. So if you get a chance to see that, like, um, and you're not triggered, obviously, 
any of um, those issues and topics, it's a really good one to get your head into. Um, and I think that's the thing, like we're talking about it more. It's more out there. It's more in your face. And I think the more in your face it does get, the more um, likely it's going to, you know, a young girl can walk away from a relationship and know she's not the bad person. She's mm. not doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about Little Miss Period. Oh, so Little Miss Period is my brand new baby. She is oh, not brand new now. She's about nine months old. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been ridiculous. The orders have gone through the roof um, and it's all about uh, embracing the young woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I initially started out... Um, with a box and the box was designed to be fun, um, interactive, not only with just the, the young girl going through a period, but also um, the parents as well. So yeah. it can either be mum, dad, um, even grandparents yeah. um, to, to sit down and have a conversation. It's, it was designed to be a fun conversation starter. Um, so it has things like a wee bag, um, pads, tampons, girl size, period underwear, um, a book, a book that has the pictures in it. Yeah. These are the things that we didn't get to see when we were going through that when we were younger. I know that my mom, she, like I've told this story a million times, she literally put a box of tampons um, on the end of my bed and I was like, what the hell am I doing with these? Where do I even put this <laughs> And my mum's really open as well. So it was just such a bizarre thing for her to like, and and we talk about it now and she's like, yeah, I kind of just didn't know how to approach the subject. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't want you to be embarrassed. I didn't want to be embarrassed. Like, so yeah, I guess the box is just a conversation starter. It can, you know, can be left to their own device or they can discuss together, which um, I guess is just something that I would have liked. Um, And yeah, apparently lots of people like it too that's fantastic yeah and have you branched out and do you sell things for adult women now yeah it branched out I had a lot of mums coming to me saying can we have period underwear can we have this can we have that and yes I went down the period underwear route um Mm -hmm. so menstrual cups um and that's been a huge thing I didn't realize that young women are all about the cup like I thought it was just okay they've stopped using pads and tampons now they're more into period underwear but it's all about the cup I had a conversation with my 16 year old niece and she's like yep all for the cup wouldn't use anything else and I was like I am so behind um it's really good to have someone who's in that age bracket who's guiding me um and I am all ears like I am I'm listening to all those conversations because it's yeah. a whole different world to when um, I guess we grew up. Yeah. And just that like eco lens that they have, they look at everything through that, you know, what's best for the environment as well, which is just something that we just did not think about. Yeah, we, yeah, I guess we weren't taught it at school. Like it wasn't a huge topic. Yeah. So, you know, I am um, very proud of her when she like was like, yeah, I'm already using one. That's amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) So we're all about making life simpler and better for women. How do you do that for yourself? 
Oh my God. I think I have to break that down into like three different categories. Cause like my life is like, <laughs> there's like a personal level and then there's the business level and then there's kid level because mm-hmm. of- so I, I don't know, I just, I try and make things simpler by, um, God, this is not going to be a simple question to answer. I don't know. Um, I'll answer it in one, one statement. I'll say that I've learned to ask for help. Yeah, that's a huge one, isn't it? Yeah, massive, because I never asked for help. Um I just didn't do it. I think that like I've I've spoken to my psychologist about this and she said the reason that you don't ask for help is because you were in that constant survival and um, fight mode. So you were mm-hmm. just getting through each day and and I, it kind of resurfaced when I had the twins and I was becoming, well, I've been open about this, um, this mental health issue topic yeah. about my OCD. Um, and that was a huge factor that I didn't ask for help. If I had asked for help, um, the walls wouldn't be closing in on me. Um, and now I ask for the help and it's yeah. so much easier. So I, I put into things like daycare, which I was always thought that it was a bad thing that I would feel guilty for putting my kids into daycare. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, I don't know. There's just so many different levels to make your life simpler. But um, I guess, yeah, asking for help is the number one. And people want to help as well, especially like your mum would definitely want to help. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I think I rule out that opportunity. Like I cut it off before anyone offers to ask for help because then Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, oh, I don't know. I feel like they're asking me because like it looks like I'm failing and yeah, right. I've I've I'm learning I'm learning to deal with it it's a process isn't it, it is. life is a process <laughs> oh, Rebecca thank you so much for joining us this week and um I'm gonna link everything all your socials little miss period and of course share the thank dignity much. so that they can listeners can uh donate to them thank you hey thank Thanks. you Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of It's All Her. If you have loved this episode, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen. Share it with a friend and I'll be back in your ears next week.